tell you what the alien agenda is. It's going to sound very familiar. The alien agenda is the complete takeover of this planet, the killing off of five, six, to seven eighths of the world's population by the year 2029. So when the Satanists drink the blood, they actually get like a chemical, you know, a high, like a drug high. The whole blood drinking ceremony of the Satanic world. Wall Street, the Illuminati, and 35 million people literally marching toward the brink of starvation and now compound that with COVID. We are symbols of American resistance that they hate more than anybody. They've been unable to President destroy and kill by the grace of God. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, clicking us, tuning in. And of course, it's Apocalypse Live. I'm very, very excited to be uh, with you today. It's been a long time. I think I've been absent from this show for definitely months. Uh, Hopefully not longer than that. Um, I will say this. A lot to talk about. A lot of stuff has gone on since I've last been here with you fellas. Um, and, and a lot of bad news, a lot of good news, um, and some news that we're going to jump into first here that I'm not sure if I'm excited for or, or nervous for, but let's jump right into it. Um, I think we can start off, well, actually, let me, let me first get into um, appreciation. I just wanted to get it out there that a lot of support has has come of late for the uh, podcast, the show, um, all across different platforms, and I really, really appreciate it. And thanks to all you guys for supporting and clicking and, and giving the five-star reviews, um, sharing it, whatever the hell you're doing, it's working, and I appreciate it. Um, Spotify numbers are just through the roof. They're, it's You're killing it. I appreciate the support, and even appreciating the support while I've been away. Um you know, not uploading episodes like I should be, and, and still you guys are enjoying the show. So make sure you throw that five-star like, uh, sorry, five-star rating on Apple. I try to get those numbers up, um, compete with Spotify, but I would say go to YouTube and check out my clips, which you still can. Um, just keyword search Apocalypse Live or Apocalypse Media is the actual channel name. And there are clips on there. Um, problem is, and this is what I'm going to, jump into first of course my battle with uh youtube and as you know as i've talked about in the past youtube has notoriously taken down my videos censored my videos uh put their own information on my videos as like a precautionary measure for when you're about to watch it which is fine you know they do that to big names so it doesn't really bother me um, and it's always talking about like, you know, vaccines or anything health related, COVID related, election related. So they recently took down my clip of myself talking about Howard Stern. I'm, I'm If you listen to my previous episode or no, 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 actually, I take that back two episodes ago. I talked about Howard Stern, 
who, if you don't know who that is, one of the most famous broadcasters of all time and arguably one of the greatest and and definitely a popular figure, hangs out with A-list celebrities constantly now. Not the guy he was when he started. Growing up, I was a big fan of Howard Stern and not so much now. He's turned into exactly the opposite of what was his kind of core element of his entertainment value you know attacking famous people making fun of the rich making fun of hollywood and and being dirty he was a shock jock and you know now he's completely the opposite now he's hanging out with jennifer aniston and john ham and all these other people um howard stern was so petrified by this virus by COVID-19, he's so petrified, completely bought into the narrative. And and everybody's different. Everybody bought that. You know, if you did buy the COVID-19 narrative, the way the media sold it, you bought it one way or another, you know, to what degree. But he bought it all the way. He went all in and did not leave his house, his big house in the Hamptons for two years straight. Didn't leave once. Drove his wife crazy. So finally, recently, he actually left his house, which I think is interesting, and, and completely had a meltdown on his show about it. And I'm not going to get into that, but it's I find that really funny how pathetic Howard Stern is now. And I'm going to be very clear about how pathetic I think this man is, because I was very pissed off to see my video get taken down. Because what my video was about was a comment that Howard Stern had made Um during the vaccine frenzy and of course he's all in with the vaccines he's all get you know get your vax get your boosters and it's funny Howard Stern's one of the people that had all of his booster shots all four or five of them and still still got COVID so I find that really funny so the comment that Howard Stern made was he was talking about uh, people who haven't got their vaccines and uh, medical care and the one thing he said was, you know, if you haven't got your vaccine or you refuse to get your vaccine, then you should be allowed to die. You shouldn't get your medical uh, treatment the way everybody else does because you shouldn't get the, basically you shouldn't get the same medical care that somebody who's gotten the vaccine should get, which I found to be abysmal and typical Howard Stern, typical Hollywood attitude. And I mean, they're, they're so disconnected from the rest of society these Hollywood types. I mean, people like Howard Stern will go on their, their radio show and they'll complain about, you know, the limo was late or, you know, they can't, they can't get their helicopter for that night. You know, (laughs) they live in this different, this completely separate reality from the rest of us. And it's insane. And it's very obvious when, when they say things like this, you know, you're, why do you get a say so in, in, who gets medical care? Like you find in your mind, you think you're that important. I find that hysterical. So I like all I did on the clip or it was on the show, but I pulled the clip for YouTube. Um, was talk was a, I played the clip. I read the story, read his quote and did a little bit of commentary on it. All completely normal part of the show. So YouTube deemed that, I don't remember exactly what rule I broke, 
Um, but it was like medical mis misinformation per usual. And anytime I get a video taken down by YouTube, it's always medical misinformation. So the first email that I got, of course, I hopped on the YouTube app, popped up a notification that we removed your content for medical misinformation. I got pissed. I said, okay, what video have you removed? Immediately I saw the one they say removed the clip. And at the time I put out the entire episode separately, just as like a, a gimme for people who I want to, you know, basically an advertisement, come listen to my show on Spotify, Apple, you know, here's what it is. It was even a, uh, we have a visual camera episode that was me kind of testing out equipment. You know, a camera show is, or a video show is kind of something I'm looking towards doing in the future. So, you know, I have a mediocre camera. I wanted to test it out. So I re released a whole episode and then separately released that clip. They took down both videos, the full length episode and the clip. So it kind of pissed me off. And <laughs> no way to appeal it on the message I got. I've done this before. This is, as you know, if you've listened to my previous episodes, this is not my first go around with YouTube taking down my content. And well, nobody else takes down my content, by the way, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, um, none of these other platforms have ever removed any of my content. Spotify might put a disclaimer for like uh, COVID information that you can click if you so choose. I'm fine with that. Whatever. I think it's fucking pathetic. But if you have to do that and leave my content alone, fine. Um, YouTube's the only one. Well, social media, of course. Instagram, Facebook, all that crap. Twitter. Uh, I got rid of all that shit because I'm. They won't. They don't want to. They don't want me. I don't want to be on there. Um, if I start talking too fast, just uh, bear with me. Hyped up on caffeine, and uh, really excited because I haven't got to talk to you guys in a long time, and so much shit that I got to talk about. But I just wanted to start with this because I found it interesting that they removed content of mine for medical misinformation. And I even, okay, so on the second, sorry, the second notification that I got, and this, by the way, this is strike two for my channel. If I get one more, uh, you know, strike, they'll take my channel, which is kind of bullshit. And finally, I got to appeal, which is a simple process. You, you know, they give you a chance to like write a message, send it, they'll review your, I'm assuming there's an algorithm that picks up this quote medical and misinformation and it flags it, it, it you know puts a strike on it automatically which I think is hilarious uh, and once you do an appeal process like you send the message I think it actually goes to a human being I think the human being because every time I've appealed one of these this has happened in maybe three or four of my videos already and I've appealed them they've read my appeal put the video back up I have a video about Satanism, Adrenochrome, and Hillary Clinton, which is my top viewed video clip on YouTube, and they have taken that down twice. I have one video about QAnon and the January 6th debacle. They took that down. I appealed all these videos multiple times, and my reasoning somehow got the video put back up, which I enjoy. And I did the same thing with this one. And the message I left them, I don't have on hand, but it was something along the lines of, 
you know, all I did was cover, you know, the voiced opinion and quoted opinion of a political figure, supposedly. Not even a political figure, just a famous public figure. I, I That's his opinion. Why is my video being taken down because of, quote, misinformation that you deem misinformation? I'm not allowed to voice an opinion about the vaccines because that's probably what, what got the video removed was me having some off-color opinion on vaccines. But Howard Stern can say that unvaccinated people should die, which is the direct quote, by the way. And I'll probably pull this segment as a clip by itself just to see if they pull it again. So I appealed it, let them know, you know, I basically presented my case about how it's complete bullshit. And sure enough, they put it back up within a day, mind you. So I do tip my hat to YouTube in that sense that they do read the appeal and they do put your videos back up if you actually have a legitimate case. It just sucks that you have to do all that runaround. But with that being said, I'd have pulled you up to speed on my uh, censorship issues, which I didn't think I would have at this level of uh, podcasting, by the way. So with that being said, let's jump straight into uh, the first thing I wanted to get to here, which is the elephant in the room. If any of you are, are you know, paying attention to what's going on in the world, unless you live under a rock, the uh, political elephant in the room is Donald Trump, of course. <sighs> Donald Trump is going to run in 2024, officially. Now, a lot of people, most people, I think, kind of predicted that was coming, including me. I kind of, you know, the guy hinted at it multiple times. But officially, he announced it. I don't know who his running mate's going to be. Kind of worries me. And honestly, there's a lot of different... Let's let's unpack this, because there's a lot to unpack with this. You know, you'd think after 2016 and then, you know, even 2020, you'd think, you know, people are dying for Donald Trump to run again. Oh, excuse me. you think that people are on the edge of their seat waiting on Donald Trump to announce he's going to run. Truth be told, I kind of thought that's how it was going to be. He's going to announce he's going to run. Hoorah. Make America great again. Trump 20 always. That's kind of what I assumed would be the reaction. But as as it was building to this announcement, I started to notice a lot of feedback online, YouTube comments, um, you know, people calling into other shows that I listen to. And I noticed that it's more of a 50-50 split. You know, 50% of people, are, I'll just say conservative Republican voters, 50% of them are gung-ho, Trump, Trump, Trump. And probably not because it's Trump at this point, but because of how bad and embarrassing and, and just health decline Biden is. I mean, you listen to, you can't possibly listen to Biden talk and think, oh, this guy's, this guy's running the country. This guy is strong. This guy's a leader. This guy, you know, you can say whatever you want about Donald Trump, but the guy talked clearly. He made his point. He, he did as much as he could with all of the media going straight at him, media resistance. 
And, you know, you, you can say what you want, but he was a way better president than Joseph Biden. Biden is a cognitive declined zombie who falls asleep at summit meetings. You know, he j- we just had then we're going to jump into this. Uh, this is the G20 summit um, that just happened. You know, we're going to jump into that a little later when we get into more of the global stuff that I want to talk about. But, you know, he had to abruptly leave because of quote unquote illness. You know, people have to walk him places. He doesn't even know where he's at. He's a fucking zombie. So 50%, I think, are are on that side of the fence, which is like, you know, if, if it's Trump or, Bi- Trump or Biden, you know, it's it's a fucking no brainer. You know, Biden's a loser. He's not a good president. And on top of that, his health is his cognition is just declining. So there's that. So it's got to be Trump. And, you know, most of these these voters, you know, remember 2016 through 2020 and how good that administration was, how great America was. I don't mean to be cliche, but it was pretty great. And, you know, you could say what you want about 2020. A lot of people believe that the election was stolen. A lot of people believe that not enough Republicans voted for Trump or voted at all because they just thought it was in the bag. But we won't we won't jump too much on that. It, it is what it is. It happened. But I think the other 50% of these people for Trump are kind of on the side of there's no way. There's no way Trump could do this. Like he needs to just get out of the way. And let somebody else like Ron DeSantis run, you know, and, and I get that side. It's not that they don't like Trump. It's it's the Republicans need a White House win. Our country needs a Republican office right now. You know, Democrats had their chance and, and things are shit. So, you know, it, to their opinion, Trump is kind of just in the way of another victory because he can't win again, which I understand. But I will say, I think that. This is kind of where I stand on the situation. I'm not 100% sure that Donald Trump can win a second term at this point. And I mean second term as in this will be his... If he were to get in the office, this would be term number two. I don't believe he could win. And the only reason I say that... And don't get me wrong. If it's... You know, it comes down to Trump and Biden. Put them both on that debate stage again. And this is... Mind you, this is all if they run Biden. He says he's running. But do they say he's running? Because we know the truth. That motherfucker is not running his administration. There's people pulling all his strings. And uh, But if it were to come down to the two of them on a debate stage, I mean, we all can imagine how that would be. Because Biden right now, it's not looking good. And Trump looked, you know, when I watched him announce he was going to run again, he looked fucking tip-top shape. I mean, he was, his speech, in my opinion, was rock solid. Um, I, I think if he sticks to, if he sticks to those, I don't want to say talking points, but those beliefs, you know, one thing he said in his, um, his speech of when he was on Fox announcing it was, uh, it's not my campaign. It's, it's ours. I, I really think that that right there fired up a lot of people if they were watching you're a Republican and you are a conservative and you were watching that speech at that point, you got fucking fired up. So that's good. Um, 
you know, he seems at his, you know, the top of his game. He's kind of reverting back to those 2016 ideas and ideologies and, and, and sayings that got America fired up to vote him in in the first place. So, you know, with that being said, I mean, is he in the way? Is Donald Trump in the way of somebody like DeSantis? And do you think DeSantis would even run again? I mean, frankly, I don't. I don't. I don't think DeSantis would run yet. I mean, he just won governor. Um, uh, the only state that actually had the red wave was Florida. I mean, that whole state is red. If you're blue and you're living in, in Florida and you want your vote to count, just you need to go fucking move to California. Because that right there, that's the Republican motherland. But I don't believe it would look good on DeSantis if he decided to run. Because, you know, he's going to be in, in office for a year. He's going to have to announce he's running uh, pretty much a year into his, you know, governorship. And I don't know how that'll make him look to Florida. Florida uh, residents I just don't or the rest of the country might make him look like he's uh, you know turning his back on his on his state because he has to focus and anytime a governor an acting governor is running for president they're not they're not fucking being governor somebody else is because they got a lot of stuff to worry about I mean running for presidents you know campaigning it's a big deal and it's a lot of work you're not worried about your current job so it might make him look bad. I don't know, but I, I would really hate to have to choose between a, a, a Biden or a, sorry, a DeSantis or a Trump. But at, at this point in time, if that really were the choice, I'd have to say DeSantis. I really, really like Ron DeSantis. I think he's got what it takes. He's got the energy. He's a, he's younger, and he's a conservative. I mean, he's got conservative values. Um, so you know. Who knows? It, it might end up. It's going to end up coming down to hopefully. I'll say hopefully Biden, because the last thing we want as Republican voters is to see them remove Biden because he's unfit. Don't run him again, and then put some young buck Democrat up there for the people who voted for Biden to begin with to go. Oh wow, look at this guy! And then we lose again. This, I don't think this country can take another four years of hardcore left. Policies. I won't say democratic policies, but hardcore left. You know, it's this the climate change stuff is is going to get us into trouble. I think, and and that's kind of going to segue me into a clip I wanted to play here, just to get us started on the climate change, um, kind of climate change bioweapons, and it's kind of a little bit of the the G twenty at UN in the UN. So I'm going to play this clip and then I'm going to come back and talk about it. Whenever a government claims to have the people's interest at heart, you need to think again. In the entire history of mankind, there has never been a political elite sincerely concerned about the well-being of regular people. What Age of Enlightenment has brought forth anything than certainly this. Never take anything any government tells you at face value. Always. Yeah, this video is going to keep skipping on me. 
always look for ulterior motives and always ask, cui bono, who benefits? Where this pandemic is made so painfully clear that no nation can wall itself, wall itself off from borderless threats, we know that none of us can escape the worst that's yet to come if we fail to seize this moment. But ladies and gentlemen, within the growing catastrophe, I believe there's an incredible opportunity, not just for the United States, but for all of us. We're standing at an inflection point in world history. We have the ability to invest in ourselves. Uninhabitable hell, climate change and disease threatens millions, UN warns. An uninhabitable hell for millions of people. That's what the planet is becoming due to the lack of action on climate change. That's according and uh, effective measures have to be put in place. At this incredibly important Glasgow uh, scenario where everyone's going to save the planet, Saudi Arabia, China, and Russia don't show up. They just didn't show up. Uh, the uh, bad guys and some of the marginal bad guys in the world think of the world now and what they must do, because you're right, there is no American presidency. Now, this goes back to... All right, I'm, uh, I'm going to fix that issue real quick and get back to that. I'm going to let it download. Uh, well, I mean, we can go ahead and jump into climate change. I mean, it's just... <laughs> we've been hearing about this for a long time, right? Global warming, the climate change issue. The problem I have is I'm not like a climate denier, right? I, I recognize that, scientifically speaking, climate change is a thing. But with that being said, it's to, it's to what degree should we be using resources and, and funding to try to stop something that could possibly just be inevitable? And I think that COVID was like a test simulator to see how easy we could, you know, the government could control us, right? And I say the government, I mean like more, we're literally dealing with fucking Spectre from James Bond. But how how these globalist corporations could control us and how easily we would bend over and take it. And frankly, it was way too easy for my comfort. I've talked about that ample times before. And, and now the shift is towards climate change, creating these climate cults. So we're going to jump. Yeah, I've got it fixed now. So I'm going to jump back into this uh, report video here and then we'll hop back on and chat about it. Let's go find where we were. There we go. Somewhere in here. Not do. Always look for ulterior motives and always ask, cui bono, who benefits? And in an age where this pandemic is made so painfully clear that no nation can wall itself, wall itself off from borderless threats, we know that none of us can escape the worst that's yet to come if we fail to seize this moment. Millions UN warns. Right, there we go. 
an uninhabitable hell for millions of people. That's what the planet is becoming due to the lack of action on climate change. That's according to a strongly worded United Nations report. There is no doubt the problem is getting worse and uh, effective measures have to be put in place. At this incredibly important Glasgow uh, scenario where everyone's going to save the planet, Saudi Arabia, China and Russia don't show up. They just didn't show up. That is how little that the, the, uh, the bad guys and some of the marginal bad guys in the world think of the world now and what they must do. Because you're right, there is no American presidency. Now, this goes back to, you know, the World Bank can give them interest-free loans, Belt and Road Initiative. China, as we know, is one of the number one polluters uh, in the world. I think the number one. I would say number one, I think, with Belt and Road Initiative in Africa and Latin they're firing coal power plants up you know, every week. And it says right here that, oh, my God, this is like 2019. We're all going to be dead soon. Super viruses will emerge because it's going to get too hot. This is from Reuters. America and, and Australia and New Zealand and Canada and the U.K. were marked for death because of the Christian ethos and our background and, and our historical opposition to the New World Order. They took us over because of our power to take over the world. Now they want to get rid of who helped them take over the world. So, um, and they're telling you that, you know, the cataclysm's here, the end of the world's here. They mean the end of the world for us. High up in the Tibetan mountains, scientists have labored to drill into some of the oldest and most pristine ice on Earth for years, and in doing so, brought back ice core samples that date back thousands and thousands of years. Two of these samples predate the Earth. I'm doing a pause for just a second, because one thing that just got said was, uh, and of course, Alex Jones, if you don't know that uh, very famous voice. But one thing that they say is like, you know, I've read this time and time again, you know, because of global warming, the Earth's going to get so hot that we're going to get overridden with these viruses. Well, that's fascinating because actually it's bullshit. Uh, I was being facetious because all these viruses that we're dealing with are all man-made. Not the regular viruses, not the flu or any regular coronaviruses, but all these dangerous viruses starting with Corona or COVID-19. And all the ones, in my opinion, that we're going to see in the future, they're built in a lab, weaponized, in order to control us. And, in fact, I've got right here. I've got right here that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up. Give me one second. Blah, 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 blah. Here we go. And you may have already heard of it. You may have not. This is from October 17th, 2022. Okay? And this is on statnews.com. And the headline is Boston University researches testing of lab-made version of COVID, vi COVID virus draws government scrutiny. Okay, I have another one from this is from the Daily Mail, and it's exclusive. This is playing with fire. This is a quote. This is playing with fire. It could spark a lab-generated pandemic. End quote. And it says, experts slam Boston Lab where scientists have created a new deadly Omicron strain with an 80% kill rate in mice. 80% kill rate. I mean, are, are we, are we, what's happening here? Why is this not being talked about? It says, Boston University scientists were today condemned for, quote, playing with fire after it emerged that they had created a lethal new COVID strain in a laboratory. But the Earth's too hot. That's why the viruses are here. 
DailyMail.com revealed the team had made a hybrid virus combining Omicron and the original Wuhan strain that killed 80% of mice in a study. The researchers were attempting to discover whether the spike protein on the Omicron variant, responsible for making it the most transmissible of COVID strains to date, is also behind the virus having a particularly mild effect on infected hosts with most suffering only slight illness. Which, yes, 80% kill rate, but most suffering only slight illness. See, the problem isn't the kill rate. I mean, that's a big problem. But the big problem is the infection rate, right? You have an infection rate that's at 90 to 100%. Even if it is slight illness, think about how many people actually were getting COVID-19 originally. And think about how much shit got shut down. How much control the government just took. Not to mention the control we just fucking gave them. That's the scary part. That's the worry. I worry about an authoritarian government who we're willingly going to give all the control, all the power to over slight illness. I'm going to go on and read. The resultant chimera was only slightly less deadly than the Wuhan strain, indicating that the spike protein is not behind the attenuation of its effects on hosts. The team behind the creation announced that, as well as inflicting several disease, it it also robustly escapes vaccine-induced humoral immunity, meaning the vaccine would have no fucking effect. In my opinion, it doesn't have an effect now. Indicating that the recombinant virus retained the most dangerous properties of its parents. The revelation exposes how dangerous virus manipulation research continues to go on, even in the U.S., despite fears similar practices may have started the pandemic. Meaning, of course this uh, gain-of-function research that we apparently had no idea was going on, not only in North Carolina, which then got moved to Wuhan, where the virus originated. Okay, where we at? Where we at? Professor Professor Shmuel Shapira, a leading scientist in the Israeli government, said, this should be totally forbidden. It's playing with fire. I'm glad somebody's on board with logic. Gain-of-function research, when viruses are purposely manipulated to be more infectious or deadly, is thought to be at the center of COVID's origin. Which I agree with, by the way. You play with these viruses and you make, you know, chimera viruses. You're weaponizing viruses. A Chinese laboratory located just miles from the first cluster of cases carried out similar research on bat coronaviruses. But the practice has been largely restricted in the U.S. since 2017, allegedly. Dr. Richard Ebright, a chemist at Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey, told DailyMail.com that, quote, the research is a clear example of gain-in-function research. So, obviously it's going on, even though Anthony Fauci has told countless times when he testified to Congress and the Senate that, and I'll I'll play a clip if I need to, that gain-of-function research is not being done. And of course, the NIH, his company that he works for, or owns rather, is constantly changing the definition of -of gain-of-function research. So that's interesting, I think. So I'm going to play this clip a little more here. 
earliest known human civilization by a whopping 11,000 years. Investigating the two ice cores, scientists found 33 different groups of viruses with hundreds of individual members of each. Of these groups of viruses, though, the greatest discovery was the fact that a whopping 28 of them were completely unknown to scientists until now. CRISPR is a section of DNA that genetic scientists can edit. And when combined with a protein called Cas9, the new and edited DNA can be replaced in living cells to modify any behavior or physical features of that individual. If extremists mastered CRISPR, there's no reason why they couldn't use it to edit the RNA or DNA of a deadly virus to tweak it to their own evil desires. They could, for example, take Ebola and remove all visible symptoms, increase its average incubation period from 10 days to 30, and it could be adjusted to significantly ramp up its infectiousness and killing power. Essentially, this third party, whether it be a terrorist cell or enemy state, during a world war could design and create the so-called perfect virus. Do you understand that? They have produced a virus that kills 80% of people, and they admit they've got it, and it's in mainstream news that Fauci got it and has it at the damn lab. He's holding us hostage. Do you understand that? So when they hit you with a bioweapon and they tell you Get it naturally came out of a cave in China or a wet market, you believe it. They're all pre-programming you. When the bioweapon comes, it was because you were bad. When you die, it's because you were bad. Okay, good. So I, I do want to point out to something that I've um, talked about in the past, uh, previous episodes. And they're talking, you know, what you were just hearing about, you know, altering, you know, RNA, altering DNA. The big, I had to explain this to somebody the other day. I'm not huge on doing too much religious uh, conspiratorial aspects in my show, but I will say somebody close to me asked me, they were like, you know, what's the, you know, what are they doing trying to change our DNA? And I was like, do you want the religious answer or do you want the scientific answer? They're very religious. They want the religious answer. Okay, great. Um, the, the reality is we're all God's children. Okay. It's easy to follow. We're all God's children. We all are ma uh, a DNA makeup in the image of God himself. If you change this DNA and alter it in any way, are you still God's, ch God's child? Is your DNA makeup still a human being? Which is the scary part, right? You change the DNA of a human being, are they still considered a, DNA, a human being? And not to mention... The scientific part, or the real evil part of this is, we all have human rights, correct? Okay, we all acknowledge that we have human rights. If you change people's DNA enough through vaccines or RNA strands, would you would science still consider that DNA makeup human? Because if not, do we still have human rights? That's the question. So with that being said, is it, what is the goal? Is the goal total control, authoritarian government, through vaccines, through viruses? Maybe. Or is it to take away your human rights by making redeeming you not human? And how can you argue with it? I'm going to run to another clip. 
sit here and take it anymore. The third difference which we see in the fourth industrial revolution this is Klaus Schwab. is the fact that the winners take it all. Contrary to the previous industrial revolutions, it's very difficult to copy. So if you are a first mover, you are the winners. And this will determine global competition on a national, but also on, the, on a business level to a large extent, and I hope in a not too hostile way in the coming years. It really is true in a social Darwinistic fashion that is, we present all this that's very accurate and documented, and the general public does not rally and awaken and, and, and say no and bring the perpetrators to justice, that really they've all been given ample warning and deserve what they get. And that's why the globalists target adults with deadly shots and assisted suicide and all the rest of it, because metaphysically in the natural law of the universe, if you can get somebody to hurt themselves out of their free will, even if you pretty much trick them, you still gotta give them a hint, then it doesn't come back on you metaphysically as bad. And what will happen to politics in your country in 20 years when somebody in San Francisco or in Beijing knows the entire medical and personal history of every politician, every judge, and every journalist in your country, including all their sexual escapades, all their mental weaknesses, and all their corrupt dealings. Will it still be an independent country? Or will it become a data colony? When you have enough data, you don't need to send soldiers in order to control a country. So they're definitely involved in a spiritual alchemy and they understand the laws of the universe. But when they cross the Rubicon of trying to euthanize children, trying to sterilize children, trying to wreck the brains of children, it, it commits an interdimensional crime that God will not put up with and will destroy us. Originally it was pericarditis. And I was then told just before Christmas, actually, it's perimyocarditis. So it's actually worse because I've got you know, pericarditis and the myocarditis damage. So I have scarring on three parts of my heart and still the lining and muscle of my heart has got the inflammation, which constricts it. So that's when my heart rate goes up. That's what's constricting my heart and stopping me from breathing. And the other team we're fighting knows that. And that's why they try to get us to go along and sanction the killing of children, whether it be abortion uh, or assisted suicide or transgenderism as a form of genetic suicide for the people that actually get sterilized. And so they're trying to get us to lower our shields, ourselves. The depopulationists dream, a 3D printed suicide machine, or in other words, a modern day gas chamber. The Sarko capsule, a high-tech death machine explicitly built for killing yourself, was just 3D printed. The Sarko capsule is being touted by depopulationists as a way to efficiently and effortlessly kill oneself. Amir so that is a capsule, obviously, that, that looks like something out of a Star Trek movie. little pod for you to be in to kill yourself. Because eventually... Right, and this is all speculation. 
and I, I don't think I have a clip handy um, right now of again it's all world economic forum it's all these these world leaders um, fighting climate and yesterday I watched a clip of a guy literally talking about actually hold tight folks because I can actually find this I found it yesterday on YouTube you can find it yourself and the World Economic Forum has a uh, YouTube channel that you can go look at and I mean you can find all this shit you know I play clips from you know some here some here some Alex Jones um, but you you can you can go find this stuff Let's see World Economic Forum boom there it is and we'll go right to their channel I didn't have to scroll very far to find this at all. Not that. I don't know what the fuck that is. Some of the stuff on here is really out there. And and the problem is it's not it's not that it's stuff's out there, it's that these are the leaders of the world right now. This is the stuff they're talking about. And what I'm gonna talk to what I'm gonna play a clip of is about um where did it go? Carbon footprint, which I've talked about. Let's see. Carbon tracking. We're going to search this together live. There you go. This is a short video. We're developing. Let me start this over for you. Through technology and ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. So as you just heard, which is insane, the carbon tracking that they're trying to roll out, which I've already talked about again in the past. And like he said, tracking where you go, how you go, what you do, what you eat. And this, this will end up, t- you're asking yourself, like, what's the danger of something like this? Because, of course, these, quote, world leaders will present it. And even his face on the video, he presents it like it's some new cool shit you'll be able to do, like a new iPhone. And he looks excited for you. But the dangers is what happens, and and I'm going to tie it in again with something I've talked about, the social credit score, right? Right now we have a credit score based on financial dealings, debt, um, financial dependency. But what happens when cryptocurrency takes over, then we have a social aspect that gets added to our credit score. You know, I can't buy a house because I'm, I'm racist according to Twitter. You know, there goes your freedom of speech, freedom of thought, you know, the thought police and add carbon into that. Say your carbon footprint's too big. You say something off color. Down goes your score. Now you can't have your money because it's all virtual. You can't purchase anything. You can't live. And then they come along. Oh, okay. Well, here's what we'll do. We'll give you everything you need. But by this time, you have to promise to get inside one of these pods and take your own life. 
in the name of carbon, in the name of earth, saving earth. This is the direction where this is the direction where this leads. So not to jump all over the place, but I did just stumble on this, and I want to read this. Um, it's a story on the vaccines, and then we'll probably uh, bullshit for a minute and get the hell out of here. And I, this is a uh, big disclaimer here. This is from NBCNews.com. Headline is myocarditis after COVID vaccination. Research on possible long-term risks underway. It says in October 2021. Davion Miller was found unconscious in the bathroom of his home in Detroit a week after receiving his first dose of Pfizer's COVID vaccine. He had known something was wrong. Then 22, he had started experiencing a chest pain two days after getting vaccinated, followed by fatigue, shortness of breath, dizziness. Miller was rushed to Henry Ford uh, West Bloomfield Hospital where he was diagnosed with myocarditis and inflammation of the heart muscle and pericarditis, and inflammation in the outer lining of the heart. His doctor advised him not to receive a second dose of either the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccines. Miller said, I was like, that's crazy. Nothing that he knows the heart inflammation, or nothing that he knows the heart inflammation condition following the vaccinations are extremely rare. Miller is one of the very small group of people in the United States who have experienced myocarditis following the vaccination with the Pfizer BioNTech, or the Moderna COVID vaccines based on mRNA technology. It says, are there long-term risks of myocarditis? Of the hundreds of millions of COVID vaccine doses given in the U.S. since late 2020, there have been around 1,000 reports of vaccine-related myocarditis or pericarditis in children under the age 18, meaning heart attacks, heart palpitations, heart swelling, Primarily young males, according to the Center of Disease Control and Prevention, most of those who develop the condition have fully recovered, although research so far has only looked at how well they're doing after several months. Some doctors wonder if it can be a cause permanent damage to the heart. Now the research in the U.S. is underway, tracking adverse health effects, if any, that may appear in the years following diagnosis of vaccine-associated heart problems. So here's my thing. Going back to the way I started this podcast, I've had plenty of, of strikes on my YouTube channel for simply talking about the possibility of vaccine side effects, the possibility of you know myocarditis from the vaccine. That's why I've not taken the vaccine, and it's been labeled as medical misinformation. Now we get mainstream news talking about, oh, now it's being looked into. Now it's being researched. Now there's a thousand cases and it's a thousand plus cases. There's ample more cases from the stuff I've looked at. But that's not misinformation. Just when normal people say it, regular everyday people say it. And I'm not making it up. It's just based on stuff I've looked at. So what I find fascinating is that the controlling of information is what's important. Who's saying it? Who's allowed to talk about it? So I find that fascinating. So before we uh, get out of here, maybe go over a few small bits of news. 
Um, let's see. And again, I do appreciate everybody's support on this podcast. And, you know, make sure you go and like and all that good stuff. Check the YouTube channel out, even though, you know, <laughs> it may not be there at some point. But. Oh, here we go. Biden calling for world ID to travel, to buy, to sell. I mean, this is what it's coming to. It's coming to a dystopian, a dystopian science fiction movie. You know, that's really what it boils down to. Tracking your every move. We could jump into election fraud if you wanted to do that. Um, I, I don't know. The election, the midterm did not go as a lot of us had hoped. But with that being said, I, whether or not, you know, there's a lot of accusations on certain things being stolen, certain states. And that's probably true. It's probably true that, you know, because you can't just steal overall elections after 2020, even if they didn't steal in 2020. But at the end of the day, that's, they, they still can't do it. And in my opinion, they did steal it in a huge way. And it was pretty obvious and pretty in your face and they still got away with it. But getting away with it twice got to be much smaller you know smaller scale and I, I think you know a state here a state there Let's see we got a zero hedge article the u.s heating season has officially begun the new warnings show that a quarter of all americans could experience energy emergencies this winter if temperatures fall below average due to tight fossil fuel supplies. So again, going back to, you know, the turning off of uh, fossil fuels in this country, shutting down the oil supply. Um, Oh, I just got a news thing. Merrick Garland named special counsel to investigate Trump on two fronts. Well, here it goes. I mean, that's another, we'll get back to this in a second, the energy crisis, but that's something, too, that I didn't even talk about when we were getting on the Trump thing earlier, is that all of what I said being valid, but what we're not even thinking about is how hard are they going to go at Trump now that he's announced he's running? How many investigations do you think are going to follow? Whether or not they amount to anything. That's what's hurt him so much, I think, is... is all of, you know, the impeachments that amounted to nothing. The raiding, the FBI raid that amounted to nothing. The FBI raid, they like to make it seem like it amounts to something. But ultimately, nothing. They found nothing. Or he'd be in jail. Prison. So there's that. Um, so yeah, back to the, uh, the emergency uh, situation with temperatures. <sighs> Let's see... By turning off fossil fuels and, and drilling and fracking, ultimately what you do is you create a limited supply of fossil fuels, which fuel our heat. You know, collapsing power grid is something that we've been being told is, you know, imminent, right? Imminent power grid collapse. And it's really funny because that goes back to the original plan, right? The overall martial law plan of, you know, everything collapsing, 
Supply chains collapsing. People can't get food. They can't get heat. Power. What happens? People turn primal. You know, people start to do things they'd never think they'd do. Turns to chaos in the streets. The government would then have to come in to save us. And then the government has full control. Complete authoritarian. And that's kind of what I see when I see these stories about like power grids, rolling blackouts. Where are we at here? <laughs> World War Three. I don't really know if I want to go into that. We could go into it a little bit. Climate crisis. This is a quote. Of course, the replacement migration. That's fun. Now, that's really it. I don't. I don't there's not much else to get into. Um, I will be doing another episode. This is kind of like a comeback thing. Just a quick, um, quick episode, just to let you know I'm still doing this, still out here. Um, and again, if there is something you want me to talk about, something important that you want me to cover, maybe spend an entire episode on, um, feel free to leave a comment on my YouTube channel. Let me know what you want to hear about. I'll be more than happy to uh, to tackle that. Um, one thing that I will be doing soon, which will be kind of exciting, I'll, I'll still do my regular episodes, but a few episodes will be kind of something like a deep dive a deep dive into um, whatever topic I may decide to do on that day. Um, there's a lot of, you know, the basis of my podcast is to talk about what I think is going on in the world, um, to, to talk about even conspiratorial aspects I've done before. And, I mean, not baseline conspiracies. No 9-11 or any of that. Gulf of Tonkin. But I, I will, there are some conspiracy theories out there that I find super fascinating and some others find it fascinating too. And I will be doing deep dives on some of those topics and subjects that I don't fully understand. For example, things along the lines of like the Anunnaki and you know, the, you know, uh, the thick, the thick layer of ice and over in Greenland, what's below that. Is it a secret military base? You know, things like that. I find it really fascinating and, no reason why I can't do a little research and spend a nice hour talking about it. So, but aside from that, I'll still do regular podcasts like this, straight hour shows, just kind of playing some clips, diagnosing what's going on in the world, a little commentary. Um, and I really do hope you guys enjoy the show. And if there's anything, again, you want me to cover or talk about, feel free to, uh, you know, drop a comment down in the YouTube videos. Uh, be looking for a couple YouTube clips from this show. Hopefully they won't get taken down. If they do, I'll appeal the fuck out of it. Um, and I do appreciate the feedback. And, and make sure you do go on Apple Podcasts. Drop that five star. Help the algorithm pick up the show. Keep doing what you're doing on Spotify. And of course, show love to my other other places where you can find it. You can find the show on Red Circle. Um, that's a hosting site, of course. Um, you can find the show on Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean. I believe that's it. Um, I'll be looking to extend that a little bit, but I'm really looking to hammer at Apple and Spotify. 
Um, and a lot of it is coming. A lot of my downloads are coming through there. Um, and I'm trying to grow the show. The more, you know, the more uh, downloads I get, the more I'll, like, I'll do with the show, the more money I'll spend on the show. Maybe even do longer shows. Um, include other people. It's something I really want to do. Get some other voices on the show. I know how much you enjoy my sexy, raspy voice. But to just include some other, you know, other opinions, maybe go into a, you know, long-term conversation about some of this stuff. It's it's a lot to process. I know I cover boom, boom, boom topics a lot, back to back. I try to, you know, get in and out. A lot of people that listen to my show, I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that I know that listen to it. And, you know, they don't even know what any of this is. So I don't want to get too far into it, you know, just to kind of give them a starting point on this information, which is how I learned about it. But with that being said, I appreciate everybody for tuning into the show. Um, and, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy some of the stuff I talk about. You might not. You might. Who knows? Um, but yeah. Thanks again for uh, listening. And that's it. That's it. You guys stay well and uh, enjoy. Make sure you download and uh, spread the word about the show. I'm out of shit to talk about at this point. Uh, anyways, appreciate it, guys. Um, I'll see you guys next week.